0: to find a good church but it's even harder to find good pastors so sometimes you can find a good church and the church is is running good systems are in place but the pastors aren't really all that good but I don't think you can find good pastors without finding a good church so I'm just grateful today that uh, I have the opportunity to come and see what God is doing in Charlotte praise God at Ayers Christian Center amen and amen a lot of, uh, a lot, of uh, lot of, life in this church, praise God. And so that's one of the things that I uh, pick up when I go into churches. I want to see how much life is in the church, praise God. And so as I was back in the office praying and studying and preparing to come out here today, I said, there was a lot of life out there, praise God. And so uh, I shouldn't have to uh, bust up rocks or anything to share with the Lord. <laughs> wants me to share today praise God yeah and so so I have my lovely wife with you Understanding, that's her birthday praise God we thought we'd come to Charlotte uh, uh, Pastor Tracy and I have been together probably oh, 37 years uh, we were together 10 years before we ever got married so we were together on that side of the cross and uh, I'm gonna tell you it's been much better on this side of the cross and uh, we have three sons. Our oldest, Devin, is 30, I think, 30, 31. 30. Um, Isaiah is 23. And Jeremiah, we have three boys who's uh, 18. He's our youngest, about to head off to college. And so uh, God's been good. She oversees the operations side of our church. I oversee the discipleship side of our church. And she is a smooth operator. She, uh, Our church is, is grown and is healthy, really primarily because of her gifting and what she brings to the house, the, the, the administrative gift, the process gift that she has. And so just so grateful to have someone by my side like such. So grateful to be here today. You guys ready for the word of the Lord? Yeah. Y'all excited about God's word? Praise God. Uh, can I have you just stand to your feet? I want to read some scripture and I believe we all honor God's word through standing. Amen. Uh, before I read this scripture, let me share a funny story with you. Uh, this man and his wife were Uh, in debate arguing basically because he couldn't believe she went out and spent $300 on a dress and uh, you know they're going back and forth and you know she's trying to plead her case and he said babe I can't believe you spent $300 on this dress. How did this happen? She said well I just found myself looking through the department window store and next thing I know I found myself in the dressing room trying it on and she said "And Satan whispered in my ear and said you look stunning in this dress you ought to buy it he looked at it and said, well, you know what I do in those instances. She said, what's that? He said, Satan, get thee behind me. <laughs> she said, that's what I said. And he stepped back and said, looks good from back here too. <laughs> that old dirty devil. Looks good from back here too. First Samuel, if you go there with me, chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30, um, I'm a pastor, preacher, teacher, talker, exhorter, and today I want to exhort you some through a story found in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and surrounded by David. Verse 1 it says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziglag and spitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. Verse 2, And had taken the women captives and that uh, were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city And behold it was burned with fire And their wives and their sons and their daughters Were taken captives Then David and the people that were with him Lifted up their voice and wept Until they had no more power to weep Weeping may endure for a night But joy comes in the morning and David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam and the Jerusalites, the Jerusalites, and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because of the soul of all the people was grieved in every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Verse seven, and and David said to Abathar, the priest, Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring thee hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David, and David inquired at the Lord. So the first thing we saw, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Verse eight says, David inquired at the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue For thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail, it says, recover all. He says, without fail, recover all. And so, for the sake of a title for the message today, I want to talk about, I entitled this, Go Get Your Stuff. (laughs) Go Get Your Stuff. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for the life of Ayers Christian Center, for its tenure and ministry and what you're doing in this house, the foundation that you have set and what's springing forth, the new things that are to come. Father, breathe fresh on this message today. I decrease, you increase. None of me, all of you, speak through my mouth, think through my mind, and let this word fall on great hearts today who are ready To put it into action, we thank you in advance for everything. In Jesus' name, everyone who agrees, say Amen. Amen. Hey, would you high-five as many people as you can? Tell uh, can and tell them, go get your stuff. Tell them, go get your stuff. Yeah, go get your stuff. Go get your stuff, Pastor. Yeah, David uh, returns to Ziklag and finds that the Amalekites had stolen his stuff. He comes and he finds out that his wives have been taken, his sons have been taken, his daughters have been taken, his property has been taken. And essentially, you know, I'm just using the everyday vernacular, God looks at David and tells him, go get your stuff. And we can see this theme all throughout the scriptures. I wish I had time to go and look at all of the different examples. I'm reminded of 2nd Chronicles 20:20 when the king Jehoshaphat told Judah to go out into battle and he said, "Go first, Judah was the singers," and so he sent out the praise team first. And told them to go out first And if y'all know the story As they went out singing for the Lord is good And his mercies endureth forever The Bible said God set up ambushments Against Mount Seir and Mount Amnon And they began to turn on one another And they began to smite one another A spirit of confusion came on them And, and, and they all dropped dead out there And the Bible says that it took Judah Israel Three days to go gather up all of the spoil All of the plunder All of the, what the Bible calls the booty Praise God That's what the Bible calls it come on that's what the bible calls it in other words essentially jehoshaphat was telling judah go get your stuff you remember peter fishing all night long and he takes in nothing jesus shows up in the next morning jesus said cast your net on the other side y'all know the story he took in a net breaking boat sinking blessing praise god essentially jesus was telling peter man go get your stuff you remember the 10 spies they said we be not able to go up the giants in the land they're bigger than we But Caleb stealed the people He said nah let us go up at once and possess the land Let us overtake it Let us go get our stuff You know the Bible says Go to the ant thou sluggard And consider her ways how she prepares her harvest In the summer You ever walk down the street and saw an ant crossing the sidewalk Got a piece of bread eight times as big as him What did that ant do He's going to get his stuff And God says you can learn from the ant On how to go get Your stuff Everybody shout, go get your stuff. stuff. Now, here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting thing. There were three things here that I want to just unpack today that David did on this journey to go get his stuff. The first thing is found in verse six when it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you can't count on everyone else's energy to encourage you. Yeah, yeah, you know, when I came out, that's why I say when I go into churches, I want to see, I want to look and see if there's any life in the church. And, And, you know, sometimes you just can't, you can't, you can't wait around to wait for everyone else's energy to encourage you. You know, sometimes on a Sunday morning, you know, the people are looking for the praise team's energy for the encouragement. And then the praise team is looking for the people's energy for encouragement. And then the people is looking for the pastor to preach with some energy to encourage them. And the pastor is saying, can I get one amen? Come on, if not, then the pastor understands if I'm going to preach with any passion this morning, it's going to be because I've encouraged myself in the Lord. What do you do? when you have people telling you what you can't do. Let's think about it now. David has incurred some experiences in his life and remember when Saul told David, listen, you cannot defeat this man called Goliath. Y'all remember that? He said he is uh, a man, you are a youth, you've been a boy, he's been a man from his youth. Essentially, he's saying this dude was born with a beard. I mean, he came out big. And he said, you cannot defeat him. And what did David do? David started rehashing history. David said, no, listen, Saul. He said, one day... He said, a lion came and took one of my father's sheep. Then he said, I went after that lion. He said, and I rescued my father's sheep with my bare hands. He said, and then one day a bear came in and went after my father's sheep. And he said, I went after the bear and I rescued and recovered the bear with my bare hands. He said, this giant, this Philistine will be like the lion and the bear. He is an uncircumcised Philistine, which means he has no covenant with God. In other words, sometimes you need to hear yourself rehearsed what God has already done in your life come on sometimes how do you know you got to talk to yourself you know, sometimes what they call normal logical people will see you talking to yourself and say, you crazy. But how many of you know you'd go crazy if you can't talk to yourself from time to time? And sometimes you need to talk to yourself. Sometimes you need to preach to yourself. Sometimes you need to come on, prophesy to yourself. Sometimes you need to get up and stand in the mirror and say, you know what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Sometimes you need to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed me. Against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What can man do to me if God be for me? Sometimes you got to just talk to yourself. How many you know sometimes you got to sing to yourself? How many you know you can't even sing, but the Bible said that's okay, just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come on, sometimes you got the Bible says speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melodies unto the Lord. Sometimes you got to sing to yourself. I'm talking about there are times when you're going to get your stuff, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Come on, sometimes when I preach it, I don't get one amen, I amen myself. Sometimes when nobody celebrates me, guess what? I celebrate myself. Every once in a while, I send out a tweet. Nobody likes it. Guess what? I like it myself. Come on, somebody say amen. You got to encourage yourself in the Lord. And this is what David did. He understood in order to go get myself, my stuff, I have to encourage myself in the Lord. Come on, isn't that good? Verse 8, it drops down and it says, and David inquired at the Lord. So not only did David encourage himself in the Lord David inquired at the Lord I want you to write that down In other words before you go get your stuff Make sure you get God's permission Yeah before you go get your stuff Make sure you get God's permission Because sometimes we've pursued some stuff And now we're paying for it because we didn't get God's permission. Please don't go get a husband without getting God's permission. Please don't go get a wife without getting God's permission. Please don't go into ministry without getting God's permission. And you know, the wonderful thing is in a church like this, you have pastors who who, who God's planted here. You have pastors who can give you pointers. You have pastors who can give you perspective. You have pastors who can give you a prophetic word. So please don't be one of those members who say, I'm grown. I don't need nobody's permission. Not understanding is not just about permission. It's about protection. Because the Bible says in a multitude of counsel, there is safety and David understood that that's one of the things I love I champion the church I'm pro-church I'm not up on Jesus and down on the church I love the church I believe this is the entity there's a plan a there is no plan b that God has put in the earth to release his blessing it's the church and I believe that every Christian ought to be a part of the church a member of the church Psalm 92 said those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish and they shall what bring forth in the courts of our God they shall bring forth fruit they shall increase they shall prosper where is it at in God's house I believe God's house is the place of safety for us I believe it's it's God's canopy of protection for the believer there's no way I would live in the city of Charlotte and not belong to the local church because I believe the church works like an umbrella the umbrella doesn't stop the rain from coming down but it does keep you from getting wet and the Bible says yeah that's a good place to clap the Bible says, I'm overwhelmed with your enthusiasm this morning, the Bible says "The Bible says that Satan roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So if he has to seek whom he has to, could, could devour, that means he must not be able to just devour whoever he wants to because he has to seek out who he can devour. And I believe those at the top of the list that he can devour are those who have no pastors and those who have no church. That's why when Jesus saw the multitude, he said he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And, you know, one of the purposes for the shepherd is to oversee the flock. In other words, Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey them that have the rule over you, for they watch for your soul. Come on, am I in the book right now? So this church, your pastors serve as protection over your life. Y- 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 y'all remember growing up and you played the game What was it, hide and go seek, uh, tag Whatever it was, I don't know in, Ch- in Charlotte How you do it, but in Columbus, Ohio And our cities are very similar in spirit if, By the way, but but I-, I remember we would play tag And and, and you know the porch was, was the safe spot As long as you can run back and tag the porch you would say, I'm safe, y'all remember that Some, some of y'all too, y- y'all don't know what I'm talking about But you go up to the tree and you go 1,001, 1,002 1,009, 1,002 t- Ready or not, here I come, and then you go run and try to tag the person to be it, and you didn't want to be it, I don't even know what it was, I just know I didn't want to be it, <laughs> do you know what it was, somebody please explain to me what it was, but we don't even know what it was, we just know we didn't want to be it, and so we was running avoiding being it, and then we'd get back to the porch, and y'all, Ali Ali in free, I'm safe, praise God, come on, y'all remember that? But well, that's how it works with the devil. While he's seeking whom he can devour, he's saying 1001, 1002, 1009, what, ready or not. So you may not be spiritually ready, but here he comes. And when he comes, he's trying to tag you with sickness. He's trying to tag you with disease. He's trying to tag you with debt. He's trying to tag you with a spirit of offense. And you got to learn how to avoid that, Joker. Get back to the house of God and yell, Ali Ali free, baby, I'm safe. I'm safe. The house of the Lord is a strong tower and we should run into it and be safe. Praise God. Are y'all hearing me? And so David understood. I'm not just asking God for permission. I understand wrapped up in God's permission is his protection. Come on. I mean, you don't have to. Nobody in here needs to ask God to go get your loved ones. Come on, that's a no-brainer. Somebody kidnapped my woman, kidnapped my kids. I ain't going to even ask God should I go. Are you hearing me? But because David understood it wasn't just about permission. It was about, God, I need your protection. So in a multitude of counsel, come on, the Bible says, there's safety. Y'all get that? And notice David didn't ask the men should he pursue. Right. He inquired at the Lord This is why You have to be careful as a church Surveying people You have to be careful as a church Polling people You have to be careful as a church Voting You have to be careful as a church Counting heads Hmm. David understood this Because we didn't read, if you drop down and read it in your spare time, two more verses, verse 9 and verse 10. We stopped at verse 8. But if you read verse 9 and verse 10, what you'll find out is that David, while he was going to get his stuff, the Bible said he started out with 600 men. It says, but when they got to the brook of Besor, 200 men stayed behind because they were faint. In other words, they weren't built for the battle. Mm. Know this. Know this. That everyone who starts out with you will not finish with you while you go get your stuff. Amen. That's a word. So don't get faint, because everybody who started with you won't end up with you when you go get your stuff. That's a word. It's a little bit difficult to share this message right now when you're eight years old. But as tenure And the more time that you spend in ministry, you'll have David's experience. If you don't believe me, ask David. Ask Keith. Keith. (laughs) Because David said, listen, we were strong. We were going out to get our stuff with 600. They got to a particular pace in the journey, 200 said, "We're, we're done. We're tired. We're faint. We're not built for the battle. So the Bible says David had to go with 400 because everybody who starts with you won't continue with you while you go get your stuff. If you don't believe me, ask Moses. Remember God told Moses nobody over 20 is going to enter into the promised land and get their stuff. So all of your old heads Moses All of your old family members who left Egypt with you Who started in Egypt with you All of your old friends who started in Egypt with you All of your old buddies and all of the old core, Everybody who started with you Know when it's time to go in and get the stuff They will not finish with you If you don't believe me ask Gideon Gideon started out with 32,000 Next time you see him he's got 22,000 Next time you see him he's got 300 Because everybody who starts with you won't finish with you while you go get your stuff. If you don't believe me, ask Jesus. Jesus is walking one day with multiple disciples and then he starts getting a little heavier. He starts preaching revelation. He said, listen, the time is coming now where you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the Bible says many of them, it was a hard saying, and many of them left him. They walked with him no more. And then Jesus looked at the rest and said, "Will you leave also?" Yeah. Now understand, I'm not preaching and believing that the church ought to go in subtraction. I believe in numerical growth. I believe the church ought to get larger. But one of the things I've learned is that while the church gets larger, oftentimes it gets littler in its loyalty. Whoa! Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I just said something right there, because here's the reason why I believe it's really a setup by God, because God doesn't want us putting our faith and our hope in counting heads and surveying people and how many people are going with us. God wants us to inquire and get his permission. Does this make sense? I think it was two years ago maybe, I think two years ago, we're trying to have a good Thanksgiving. I get a text on Thanksgiving Day, on Thanksgiving morning, from one of our key leaders that they were leaving the church. And I'm like, man, they won't even let me enjoy some good deep fried turkey. I can't even enjoy some good deep fried turkey in peace without getting a text that they're leaving. But you know what? That never stopped us from pursuing our purpose. Because we got God's permission yeah. Yeah. Not people's vote that's right. that's Are y'all hearing this? Yeah. So David What did he do? He inquired at the Lord He didn't count heads and say Oh we got enough to go right, right, right. Right. Because if you count heads and say We got enough to go When you lose some of those heads You'll start saying We don't have enough to go oh, that's that's good. The words. Right. That's good. But it wasn't based on how many people It was based on the Lord said Go get your stuff Come on. And how many of you know, if you got the word from God, that's all you need. Because one word from God can change your entire life. Come on. Isn't this good? And let me just say this, too. Uh, because, you know, people are going to leave. And I know your pastor because we talked about it. You know, you, that's why a church needs to somewhere even have structures set up for people to leave. Uh, one year I preached. uh it was a book. Uh, you help me out. Um, great book, and I preached a sermon. Kind of really, the book had, had stirred up the thought for me to preach a sermon called "Necessary Endings." Oh, and, and so, it, and "Necessary Endings." He talked about some endings are necessary, yeah. and, and 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 endings are normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the problem is, uh, we don't, we we start things well, but we don't know how to end things well. Right. This is why divorces get nasty. They don't have to be because if it's a necessary ending, then we, we have to learn how to end well. There are necessary endings. If, if your child is six years old on the pacifier, there's a problem. That, that, that's a necessary ending. Come on. A woman going through menopause, no longer having a menstrual cycle, that's a necessary ending. That's normal. There's some things in life that just need to end. Right? And so sometimes when people leave, there's a lot of hurt behind it. And and, and we can minimize the hurt if we understand some endings are just necessary. And David understood this, and this is why he inquired at the Lord. People leave the church hurt. Hurt, Church hurt. Y'all have heard of church hurt before? Some of you are sitting here now probably who have experienced some church hurt. But, you know, here's an interesting thing. One day I'm sitting around a table with a number of pastors, and these pastors have all been in ministry longer than me. One pastor had been in ministry almost 40 years. Another pastor had been in ministry 25 years. Another pastor, at this time I was probably in ministry 15 years. Another pastor had been in ministry 19 years. I mean, it was probably 100 years of experience of pastoring around the table. And I said, I bet you what. I, I bet you I can ask you a question. I can make this statement. And I bet this one thing that none of you have ever seen and experienced in ministry. They said, oh, young preacher. They said, we've seen it all. I said, I guarantee you, there's one thing you have never heard and never seen in ministry. And if I was a betting man, I would've walked away with 10 mil that day. They said, what is it? I said, you have never heard a church member say, I left the church and it was my fault. I said, you ain't never heard it. <laughs> they all said, you know what? I said, you ain't never heard a church member say, you know what? I got offended. I got bitter. I started jacking up the church. I started causing division and strife. I was a wolf in sheep's clothing. I was a fox in the hen house sleeping with everything moving. You ain't never heard that. But we know it has to be true. But why haven't we ever heard it? The narrative we hear, the pastor hurt me. The elder, the first lady didn't smile at me. That's true too. Sometimes it does come from the pulpit. We hear that narrative, but why don't we ever hear the other narrative? That's right. Right. That's right. That's true. Are you hearing me? In other words, in other words, let's give the church a chance. The same way we give other entities a chance. Because you got hurt on your job. They hurt you immensely. They hurt you. They gave the position to somebody. You thought the position was yours. You believe in God for the position. They ended up giving the position to some joker who didn't even have as much. T- and you trained them. Right. <laughs> it hurt you. It hurt you. But you got right back up Monday morning and went to work. That's right. Come on. You went to the club. I shaking your booty at the club, having a good time, got paid. Friday night just got paid. Come Saturday morning, just 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 went through all of your money. Just just blew it. It hurt you. You don't even know where it went. You waking up from a hangover. You was hurt. You was crushed. You don't even know. The girl you thought you was gonna go home with, went home with somebody. You was just crushed. You was hurt, but guess what? Next Friday night, where were you at? Right back in the club, shaking your booty again. <laughs> You went to the dope house trying to bag a, buy a bag of dope. Got to the dope house, opened the dope man, opened the door and said, we out. Won't, won't have, we got to re-up. Won't have nothing for two days. You're like, oh my God, I'm ready to get good high. I, I can't believe it. You was hurt. You was like, I can't believe I can't get no dope today. But guess what? You say, well, how many days? Two days. I'll be right back. Two days. I'll be right back here. How is it we come to church and experience a little bit of hurt in church and then say, I'm out of here, I'm gone. Why can't we work it out with the spirit of God and get healed in the place that we got hurt? Are you hearing me? And so David inquired at the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. David inquired at the Lord. And let me just finish up my last point here. It's verse 8, part B of it. He says, without fail, he says, recover all. He says, without fail, recovering all. And if you read the story, you know exactly that's what David did. So, so here's what I want you to write down. David enforced the word of the Lord. Yeah, David enforced the word of the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. David uh, inquired at the Lord And then David enforced The word of the Lord Now let me tell you what enforce means It means to urge with energy To execute with vigor To put into action By violence To obtain by force Did y'all hear what I said? Yeah. <laughs> to urge with energy To execute with vigor To put In action by violence To obtain by force David understood you can't be soft And go get your stuff (laughs) David understood you can't be a sensitive sissy You, You can't be spineless David understood you can't be scary and go get your stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Look at the person next to you. And tell them, don't be scared. Tell them, don't be scared. don't be scared. Don't be scared. We get ready to go get our stuff. I said, we getting ready to go get our stuff. Come on, Airs Christian Center. We getting ready to go get our stuff. David was like Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator when he said, I'll be back. In other words, the job may have told you no the first time. The bank may have told you no to the loan the first time. The girl may have told you no to getting her phone number the first time. But you can't give it up and tuck your tail and it run off. You got to say, I'll be back. I'm coming to get my stuff. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? David was like he was like Denzel in man on fire did y'all see Denzel in man on fire where there was this little girl that he loved immensely and she was kidnapped and she was taken away but Denzel pursued her passionately to rescue her and he defeated every demon in his path and by the end of the movie he ended up trading his life for the life of the little girl I don't know about you but that sounds like the gospel to me somebody who traded their life Lives for our lives come on talk To me somebody Denzel <laughs> David was like Popeye Y'all remember Popeye Y'all remember Popeye Y'all remember Popeye and his girl Olive Oil Y'all remember how he was in love And married Olive Oil and, and then Bluto He was also infatuated with Olive Oil And then Bluto would often come And kidnap Olive Oil And take her away And then Popeye would always come running to her rescue And try to fight Bluto in his own strength And get beat down But after a while, he got tired of being beat down. He got fed up with being beat down. And here's the part I would always love to get to in Popeye. When he say, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Come on, y'all know about Popeye's anointing, right? And Popeye would grab him a thing of spinach, pop that spinach, eat it, and then go get his stuff. Sometimes when you're going through stuff and life is beating you up, you got to get to the place in life when you said, I've had all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. And you gotta pop your spinach, which is the word of God, and eat that word and get strong in the Lord and go get your stuff. Come on, somebody. No, no, hold on. David was like Chris Gardner in the pursuit of happiness. Y'all remember pursuit of happiness? And Chris Gardner was selling these bone density machines. And one day he turned his head and a bum came and stole one of his bone density machines. And then the next day or two went by and Chris saw the bum getting on the bus with his bone density machine. And then Chris goes and runs down the bus. He stops the bus. He walks onto the back of the bus where the bum is sitting. He doesn't even say nothing. He just snatches his bone density machine and he gets off of the bus. Some of you got to be like Chris Gardner. In other words, when your pastor is preaching, don't even say nothing. Just start snatching the word out the atmosphere. Just start snatching the promises of God. Just start snatching the revelation. Just start snatching the principles. Just start snatching the victory. Come on, just start snatching snatching your stuff because the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violence just snatch it by force come on how many are ready to go snatch some stuff take some stuff back praise God Let me tell you, y'all, my story about Little Bad Leroy. Little Bad Leroy went to his mom, and he said, Mom, I want a red bike for Christmas. She said, Leroy, write Jesus a letter and tell Jesus how good you've been, and you can get a bike for Christmas. Now, his name is Little Bad Leroy. Little Bad Leroy goes up to his desk in his bedroom, takes out pen and paper, and begins to write a letter to Jesus. He said, Dear Jesus, my name is Leroy, and I want a red bike for Christmas, and I've been good, Jesus. And then he thought, he said, that ain't true. He took the paper, bought it up, threw it in the trash, started over. He said, Jesus, this is Leroy, and I want a red bike for Christmas, and I promise from now on I'll be good. And then he thought, that ain't true. He took the paper, bought it up, threw it in the trash. He said, dear Jesus, I want a red bike. And then he had this great idea. Little Bad Leroy got up from his desk, ran downstairs, ran out the front door, went down to the corner. There was a Catholic church. In front of the Catholic church was a statue of Mother Mary. Little Bad Leroy put his hands around that statue and began to rock it back and forth. Rock Mother Mary back and forth until he broke the statue from its foundation. Put the statue under his arm, ran back home, ran upstairs, put the statue on his desk, got his pen and paper and said, Now Jesus, I got your mama, and if you ever want to see her again... (laughs) If you ever want to see her again You better bring me that red bike for Christmas Come on, little Bad Leroy said By all means necessary I'm going to get my stuff And somebody in here better say By any means necessary Can I preach to some little Bad Leroy's? Can I preach to some bad, bad Leroy Brown's? Can I preach to Airs Christian Center And tell you Go get your stuff come on church God has provided healing for you God has provided peace for you God has provided joy for you God has provided a new building for you God has provided new chairs for you God has provided new carpet for you you better go play and say I'm snatching everything God has for my life and I'm going to get my stuff would you high-five 17 people and tell them go get your stuff hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> hey hallelujah Woo, glory to God hallelujah GO GET YOUR STUFF! (laughs) (laughs) HALLELUJAH! HALLELUJAH! GO GET YOUR STUFF! HEY! GO GET YOUR STUFF! GO GET YOUR STUFF! (laughs) go get your stuff go get your stuff hallelujah